Welcome as we worship together at St. Matthew's United Methodist Church for the fourth Sunday in Advent. I'm glad you're here and I'm glad that we get to keep worshiping together, um, recognizing God's love for us and God's presence with us, even as we're connecting from remote places. So thanks for being here. Thank you for um, committing to worship and for opening your hearts to God. Will you join me in prayer? O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. God with us, you came to us long ago as a helpless babe, as one in need of human love and care. You taught us how to love and care for one another. Help us to hold on to childlike wonder, amazement, and love, and help us to love one another all year long. Guide our feet into the way of peace, as only the Prince of Peace can lead us, by laying down our lives for one another and serving one another. In the name of Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, we pray. Amen. Our scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Holy Spirit, come among us. As we read these words of Scripture, move in our hearts and in our lives, revealing all truth and drawing us into your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered that she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so that Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream God's angel spoke in the dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name the baby Jesus. God saves because he will save his people from their sins. This will bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, Hebrew for God with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. He named the baby Jesus. These are the words of God for God's people, and we say, thanks be to God. So right now, the world is a bit of a funny place. Weird. Uncomfortable. Nothing we've ever encountered before. My family has put up a lot of lights. I think we're hoping for light and joy 
and looking for the outward signs that will show that to us. We're not the only ones. I've noticed that my neighbors have put up more lights than they have in past years. And in some ways, it feels like we're sending a small signal to each other. Hang in there. The light is here. And the light will come. It's a time that we need hope. And we need encouragement. We need a story of joy a story of peace, a story in which there is a bigger picture, in which we have a way to understand what's going on around us. When I look for that kind of a story in the day-to-day of our world, it's hard to find. I keep checking the case number website. It's bad and getting worse. I try to make decisions for my own life and my own family, and it seems like there are no good options. Every decision I could make has a downside, and I don't quite know which downsides I should be willing to accept and which choices I should move through. And then I look at the vaccine news, and it's encouraging. Our doctors and scientists have worked so hard And the process has gone smoother than anyone imagined. And there are vaccines that are safe and effective. And as of this week, actually being administered to frontline healthcare workers. And that feels encouraging. But then you look at the next headline and you're back to what's going wrong in the meantime. As long as I stay within the frame of what is the news of our day today, I feel like I just keep going around the circle. Yes, there are reasons for encouragement, but also there are reasons for worry. And ultimately, we just need a story that's bigger than this day today. We need a different frame for what's going on around us. And maybe it's just the expected preacher answer, but I think maybe that frame is Jesus. That when we look simply at our day-to-day as um, sort of the, the fullness of what's available, it's hard to get our bearings. And that's not just for people who don't believe in Jesus, but even when we are people who believe in Jesus, but we get so stuck in our day-to-day and we get so stuck in the stories told to us by the news and by our observations of the people around us. And so we need a different frame. We need to understand and experience the world through Jesus. Joseph is one of the first people who uh, experiences Jesus kind of turning his expectations upside down and shaping his life in a new way. Letting Mary down easy makes sense in the frame of his normal expectations. He is being a good and upstanding and kind 
person in the course of his day-to-day. But from God's frame, from God's perspective, there's a different invitation. The invitation to be open to Mary, to be open to the miracle that is taking place within her, and to walk with her through that, even though it's going to be hard for both of them, even though there will be whispers and questions and wonderings. But in the frame of God's invitation, Joseph says yes to the miracle. And he participates. And his life is changed. And the world around him is changed. Right from the beginning of his gospel, Matthew shows us Jesus as the fulfillment, as the wholeness, that the things that had been promised from before time come to their completion in Jesus. And that it's not just over then, but that the completeness in Jesus moves forward into history to change everything and everybody going forward. Pastor Eugene Peterson explains it this way. Fulfilled is one of Matthew's characteristic verbs. Such and such happened that it might be fulfilled. Jesus is unique, but he is not odd. Better yet, Matthew tells the story in such a way that not only is everything previous to us completed in Jesus, we are completed in Jesus. Every day we wake up in the middle of something that is already going on, that has been going on for a long time. Genealogy and geology, history and culture, the cosmos and God. We are neither accidental nor incidental to the story. We get orientation, briefing, background, and reassurance. who Jesus is, the fact that Jesus showed up as a baby and lived his life teaching and preaching and healing, the fact that he died for our sake and rose again, that's not just sort of one story we tell ourselves among others. It's the truth that shapes everything else. So we are members of families within a world that is being made new by the risen Christ. We face a pandemic that is real and present and scary and horrible in a world that is being made new by the risen Christ. We seek to connect with each other and to provide support and encouragement in ways we've never been asked to before. And we do it in the context of a world in which Jesus is already working to make all things new, and we get to be a part of it. So in these days that feel hard, in these times that we don't necessarily know what to think or how to interpret what's going on around us, when the headlines feel so weighty and scary, we can remember 
we can receive the love of God and we can move through these days knowing that Jesus is truly at work to make all things new. Will you pray with me? Living and loving God, we are so grateful that you are the frame. You are the one who tells our story. You are the one who leads and guides us. Open our hearts more and more to you and give us the peace that you promised this Advent, the full goodness of your presence. God, we pray not only for St. Matthew's Church, but for all your people everywhere. As we look to your coming at Christmas, may we be shaped by your presence always and forever with us. We pray for the leaders and rulers of our world, for those whose decisions affect so many others. May those decisions be made with wisdom and with courage. We pray for our president, Donald, and for our governor, Roy, for all those who have been elected and appointed to be our leaders, and for those who are transitioning into new positions of leadership. Give them wisdom and strength to lead well. And may we, together with them, work for our common good. We pray for everyone involved in facing and fighting the coronavirus. For researchers and doctors and nurses and caregivers. For public health officials and teachers and school staff for children and parents and their families, for those who are lonely or afraid. By your Holy Spirit, bring hope and healing. We pray for this, our community of Morganton. We pray that all would have enough and enough would satisfy. We pray especially for those who are out of work and pray that we as a community would find ways to support them. We pray for the particular prayers of our congregation, for Roy and Hannah, for Mary and Miles, and for all those that we name now before you. Guide us and uphold us, we pray, as we offer back the words that you first gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. May you go forth from this time of worship with your heart open to the peace of God, filled by the peace of God, and sharing the peace of God. Go in the name of God, who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.